Well, good morning, church. Welcome to my home. Uh, this is uh, our, well, this is Desi's art room. It's a study room. It's a storage room. It's, um, it's a room where anything can go in it. So I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for connecting in today. Of course, we are following the government guidelines of social distancing, um, hence working from home. I also want to do a, a, a personal welcome to those of you who don't regularly come to King's. And you may have heard of us through friends and colleagues and family or just another way. And, and it's great to have you come in and be part of our online service this morning. Thank you so much. Um, at a time like this, it really is important that we stay connected and our Sunday mornings are an essential part of that connection. In fact, staying connected is the theme for today. So the the response to the coronavirus uh, so has so altered community life that the speed of change has not been over a matter of days. In fact, actually, in some cases, it's been over a matter of hours. Um, it's just incredible change. So this is the last of our series, Breathe In and Breathe Out. And uh, this series, if you want to follow it on our website, it's on the podcasts. It's been about essential rhythms of the Christian life. So you've got the rhythm of rest. You've got the rhythm of uh, prayer and you rhythm of generosity there amongst many others. And the irony today is that in this present health emphasis of isolation, that I'm wrapping up this series on the rhythm of community. So having said that, then perhaps it's even more pertinent in light of what we're facing. So the, the early church, it, it stood out for many things, but community was a hallmark of um, the early church life. And at the very beginning of the church, Luke, who's the writer of the book of Acts, as well as one of the Gospels, at the end of chapter 2, he writes these words. He says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Now, you you will probably just have caught that repetition of Luke. It's not that he's short of vocabulary, but he wanted us to get the point together, together, together. He wanted it to be unmissable. And the Bible, you know, it knows absolutely nothing about solo Christianity. It's all about together. So if anything, I hope this physically enforced period of isolation highlights how important community life is to us. And perhaps we may take it a bit for granted. And maybe this will just pull us back a little bit and realize it's so precious. Sometimes we think we can give it a little bit of a miss, but this community life is incredibly precious. So in this message today, I want to briefly explore two questions. And uh, that is, why community? And what does it look like? So last week, um, I walked away from my parents' apartment 
um, it's, which is situated quite close by. It's in a residential care village. And the latest resident news sheet had informed us that the whole place was going to be in lockdown. Now, understandably, of course, uh, we got that because of the vulnerable age group of the people there and with health conditions too. We, we see them probably at least twice a week and we're in conversation with them above and beyond that as well. They are an important part of our lives. Now, as my wife and I closed the door and we, we walked down the corridor knowing we probably wouldn't see them, not for days, but more like weeks, and if not months. And the, and the, the, sort of the, the loss of their very presence, it sort of immediately dawned on us. We, we walked down that corridor with heavy hearts because we would miss them very much. And that would be the same of all my family. Let's not underestimate what is happening here. There will be a lot of novelty with regard to using different media. But I think this is going to go on a quite a long time. And the novelty may well wear off. And I'm all in favour of uh, all these uses of media. But the loss of a person's presence is highly significant. And some of you will have had similar experiences to Des and I. I'm sure of that. So we get it. We absolutely get it. Why community? My friends, the reason we long for community is because we're wide this way. This is part of our design. You and I were made to belong. So in the account of creation and um, Genesis 1 and, and then in 2, but mainly in Genesis 1, you get this constant phrase of, and it was good. God created light and it was good. God created land and sea, and it was good. God created the birds of the air and the creatures of the sea, and it was good. It's a constant refrain. And, and God made Adam, and we see in chapter 2, verse 15, he had purpose and uh, fellowship with God. And then there's this jarring moment in verse 18, and it said, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. God has created us with an inbuilt need for others in our lives. You, you would think that, uh, that God was enough. But no, he hasn't designed us that way. He's designed us, wired us for community, intentionally so. This is really cleverly highlighted in the film Castaways. Has anyone seen the film? Um, just raise your hand if you've seen the film. And let people know in the room, if there's anybody else in the room, that you've seen the film. Because Tom Hanks plays the part of the castaway, who after a plane crash, um, he's he washed up on an uninhabited island with uh, lots of debris. And a little bit later, he opens one of the packages, and it's a volleyball. And, uh, and they, actually, he begins to connect with the volleyball, like he... he he calls it a name. I expect some of you are already there ahead of me. The name of the ball is Wilson. He, he calls it Wilson. And uh, he draws a face on Wilson. And he, and he puts hair around Wilson on the, on the top. And over a considerable amount of time, he develops uh, a deep attachment to Wilson. And Wilson no longer becomes a volleyball, but Wilson becomes a person. 
And finally, he and Wilson are escaping on a raft from the island. And suddenly he realizes that Wilson has fallen overboard. And this is the clip of the film. I'm coming! Wilson! heartfelt cry of uh, Tom Hanks as he cries out, I'm sorry, Wilson, I'm sorry, Wilson. And you can see him experiencing the the devastating loss of Wilson because the fundamental truth is we're made for community. We are this way because God is this way. God is community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And right at the beginning of the Bible, you you read these words, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. See, God is community. Now, everybody I know wants a piece of community. They want to be part. They want to belong. It's the very core of our being. It's in our nature. And because we are wired this way, it's all the more devastating when we're placed into an isolation bubble. Uh, Let's make no mistake about it. Our world has been turned upside down. We're experiencing a loss of control. And we can see the stress that this is placing on people. I mean, the behavior is extraordinary. We can watch that every day on the news. It's it's just stressful behavior. Church, we don't have to be rudderless. There can be intentional choices that we can make at times like this. And... Listen, listen here, we need to make them. Otherwise, you're going to have the propensity to drift. So for us as God's people, I want to remind us what community is, what it is to be in community in God's family. So what does it look like? Well, there are a number of biblical images that illustrate the rhythm of community in the church. But today, I just want to highlight two. The first one is family. So I'm going to start with that family. So you go to Hebrews chapter 2 and you get to verses 10 and 11. Now, this is a different version to what you're used to. It's the NCV. And this is what he says. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom 
and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. That's Jesus, by the way. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. It's just family language. Sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, you know, we're, uh, and those who are made holy of the same family. It's, it's family language. God puts us in a family. You know, the one who made everything and all things wanted many children to share his glory. He didn't need us, by the way. He isn't lonely. God is in community himself. But he wanted to share his glory with you and me. So what is that family here on earth? Well, quite simply, it's the church. It's the church. There's nothing else God is building. He didn't say he was building a nation. He didn't say he was building a business. But he did say, I will build my church. You can't close the doors of the church. I'll tell you why. Because it's people. On Thursday morning, half past seven, uh, the team at King's had initiated there's prayer time online. And I sat in the back room uh, of our house and uh, I joined in the King's online prayer meeting. Now it's at 7.30 and 12.30 and I believe it's at 8.15 or 8.30 on a Thursday. And as I sat there, all these people started to connect in because we've got a chat line here and you could connect in. And I was just profoundly moved and Simon led us in worship and Richard led us in prayer. I was aware that even as I, even though I was sitting on my own in the back room, I was joining together with family. It's just a brilliant reminder. We are family and all the names of those people came up. I was so encouraged. It's a great privilege to be part of the family of God. And when all your routines and your life is all over the place. My friends, you have to be intentional. You have to get serious, really serious about being part of God's family. The church is not something we attend. It's where you belong. So, Christians, let, let me remind you, it's the only thing that will last. And the reason that is, is that God has placed in us eternal life. So the church is the only thing that lasts. Everything else will go. God's family is eternal because his promises to people are eternal. So in John 3, 16, you've got this, for God so loved the world. It's a, such a well-known verse, this, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John three sixteen. Well, D.L. Moody, he's a well-known American evangelist, in the 19th century. And he's coming towards the very end of his days, and he knows it. And he says this, Soon you will read in the newspaper that I am dead. Don't believe it for a moment. I will be more alive than ever before. I tell you, my friends, this is every Christian's expectation, to be with Christ forever. Do you know, some of you know, I took the Thanksgiving service for Julia Pike the other day. Sadly, she died of cancer. Her husband, Phil, on that occasion, 
got up to speak. And one of the things I remember him saying was, she was impatient to go to be with Jesus. Now, she had eternal life. She knew she was part of God's family. She had encountered the living God. And then that is and that is what Christians have. They've encountered the living uh, God. They've encountered the love of God, the kindness of God. He's broken and he's given them new life. I remember that for myself. I remember being forgiven. And I just became a new person, not reconditioned. I became a new person. I had a new life. I had a new start in life. But I also have eternal life too. Now, some uh, people have said to me, Neil, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I just don't go to church. Well, many years ago, there was this march in London, and there's this placard. And on the placard, it said, Jesus, yes, church, no. Now, listen, I, I understand the sentiment. I do understand the sentiment. But, yeah, I mean, the sentiment is because church is messy. It, and why is it messy? Because it's people. And they're not perfect yet. They're, Christians are being transformed. They're being changed, but they're not perfect. Uh, listen, I should know. I'm in it. And the, the statement, Jesus, yes, and church, no, it, he would never agree with that. You know, if you love Jesus, then you will know he loves the church. How can you say no to the church when you know he loves the church? In fact, he gave himself for the church. That's what Paul writes in Ephesians. He To the church in Ephesus, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's Ephesians 5.23. Do you know, if that doesn't tell you how significant the church is, I don't think anything will. Some will say, you know, I believe in Jesus. I just don't need to go to church. No. That doesn't work either. I've heard that many times. Your personal growth as a follower of Jesus is a community project, not an individual one. You know, one of the immediate changes that the gospel makes is grammatical. So it says we instead of I, our instead of my, us instead of me. The gospel pulls us into community. It's never going to be perfect. But God has chosen himself to reveal himself through the church. This is God's way. Don't drift, my friends. Be intentional. You know, as John mentioned earlier, we want everyone to be in a small group. We're not a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. And the response from some of you who have come forward to lead those small groups has been has been brilliant, nothing short of brilliant. I mean, huge thank you for your support. We recently had a staff meeting through the video communication of a platform called Zoom. And um, I mean, that's high tech for you. Listen, I'm learning this stuff all the time. And it was so encouraging to hear what the church was involved with and what the church was doing, what the church was stepping up to. Do you know, I love this church. I just love this church. And it's family. It's a great, it's a great time of response. Thank you, church. Now, lastly, the Bible uses the image of, of a temple. 
So it says again in that letter in Ephesus, Paul says in him, this is in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. So first thing I want to point out is, is that it's joined together. And that means each part plays its part. The whole building is joined together. So here's the question. And it is an important question. Are you? Are you? Not just for this time, and, and, and it is crucial for this time, but you need to be. Are you? C.S. Lewis, Lewis is the writer of the Narnia books. He, he writes in his book, Mere Christianity, he says this. He said, Christ works on us in all sorts of ways, but above all, he works on us through the church. So let's be there for one another. Now, in the New Testament, you'll find a whole list of one another's. And we want to be there for one another. Let's be praying for one another. Let's serve one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's spur one another on. Let's comfort one another. Let's, let's bear one another's burdens. I mean, we need to at a time like this. Forgive one another. Whatever I'm asking you, be connected. You know, my wife, Des, gave my, 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 my parents a seminar on, on the use of FaceTime on their iPad. And um, some of you may not have an iPad, I realize that. And my mum is in her 80s. I'm not allowed to tell you her age because I've signed the Official Secrets Act. And my, my dad is 94. And uh, now listen, and now they know how to use it. I mean, I do catch a lot of the top of my dad's head, but that's another matter. I mean, it, what I'm saying is they're using the app. So whatever you've got at hand, use it. Keep connected. WhatsApp, texting, phone, by computer, emails, however, what do you do? But please be connected into the community of God's people. Now, the Old Testament, it wasn't just that they were connected together, the temple was connected together. They understood about the temple that it had, it was, it was understood as the place of God's presence. I meet many new people who come to Kings. You know, one day this virus will pass and we'll all come together. And um, these are just some of the things I've experienced of people uh, when we've come together. One, they notice the presence of God when we worship together. They notice it. I had a lady who had never used to coming to church at all. She said to me, she she said, to, I said, how did it go at the end of the meeting? I said, oh, okay, so what was it like? And she said, I've never experienced such a powerful presence in all my life. And then she said, interesting enough, she said, there seemed to be such an authority in the room. Now, I speak to others and they, they've wept. And I said, it wasn't that bad, was it? And, then, and they smiled. But actually, what was happening was um, God was at work in their lives. Some people have said to me, every time I come here, I just keep crying. You know, there are times when... Life does not treat us well. And some of us just need healing of all that brokenness and pain. There won't be any of us who haven't experienced some of that. Some things go so deep, we can't even explain them. 
And God goes to deep places in our lives. He does. And we have story after story of God's gracious, kind, powerful presence breaking through depression, releasing people from anxiety, bringing freedom to those with addictions. We see him him at work in healing the wounded and those in pain. In a moment, I'm going to pray about those things for you. See, in him, the whole building joined together, rise to become a holy temple. It's God's presence. But you can experience it in your home too. Now, one of the things we say at King's is we're in this town for this town. Church, we are carriers of the presence of God. And again, I have been so encouraged with what you're doing in the community and ministering to people next door to you and in, in the in the in your localities and in your streets, and uh, how to help food bank, which is struggling for food. And then I hear things: how do we help these people who 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 can't get food on their plates? And then we've got things like Christians Against Poverty. How can we help them? And these are ministry after ministry that we have at Kings. We're in this town for this town. The people, Christians Against Poverty, people have enormous debts, burdens of debts. We've seen over 50 families released from, from a debt. So it's a great ministry. And then there's what we're just starting now is about helping sexually exploited women in this town. We're in this town for this town. We are carriers of God's presence. May God thoroughly bless you. May God, you're his family and you're a part of the temple, the presence connected together of the living God. Let's be that church at this time. I'm going to pray for you. Now, if you just want to put your hands out like this, you may be seated, you may want to stand, whatever is comfortable for you, but I want to pray. So, Father, I, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all those who've connected in. And some of them would have resonated when I talked about brokenness and pain, isolation. I mean, it would have deep places of their lives that they can't explain. And we reach out to you now. Father, we pray you'd come by your Holy Spirit and break in. And, and bring in your kindness. Uh, and, and break in against depression and anxiety. Lord, we pray for the peace of God which transcends all understanding to God, people's hearts and people's minds. Holy Spirit, come and pour out your love upon us right where we are. We don't have to be in a company of a lot of people, just, just right where we are. Come, Holy Spirit, and and reach and meet us, we pray. Come and do the lovely things that you do in the deep places of our lives, we ask. In Jesus' name, help us. Help us to grasp a hold of the moment and be intentional about our lives and not drift, we ask. Thank you, Lord. Now for you who, you know, You've not made a commitment to Jesus Christ, but you'd like to take the moment now. Ask God to come in. Ask him to forgive you of the things that you've done wrong, and there may be one or two things that are really clear to you. Just come and ask the Lord 
to break him and bring in his love. Repent and God will meet you. Believe in what Jesus did on the cross. He died for your sins. I'm leaving you there and I want you to make that place and that take this time to make that place with Jesus yourself. <laughs>